Thank you for being here. Thank you for your presence. I just ask that you would just carry this through to completion, Lord, what you've started today, that every one of us will leave here complete and mature, not lacking anything from you, Lord, that we'll have everything that we need from you. And I ask that you'd open our hearts now to hear your word and not to just hear it, but to do what it says, Lord. And we just ask for fruit to come from your word today, and we ask that you would confirm it, Lord, in our lives, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. How many, how many has, have ever gone to the website and seen the daily devotionals? Just raise your hand real quick. Awesome. Very cool. How many, have, how many like the daily devotionals? I like them. I, I enjoy it. Um, so just, just check the website out. We put them on there. Um, this is preparing us. Matt is in the middle of preparing the discipleship program for our church, and uh, it's a big project. So um, these daily devotionals have really helped gear us up and, and helps really discipline us, <laughs> right? <laughs> discipline us for the writing of it because we're going to write our own discipleship program. It's going to be tailor-made for you individually. Um, it's not going to be a blanket discipleship where we just say, oh, everybody, you're all the same, so we're going to treat you all the same because we know that's not true. So there'll be base, um, pro- a base program that everyone does that, yeah, it's basics and this and that, but then there'll be things that we add to it that are tailor-made for your uh, personality, for your spiritual giftings, maybe even for the, the things that you say are weaknesses or strengths or whatever. So um, the daily devotionals would just prepare us for that. So I think for you, the best, the best way to start is to go to the website or usually um, on that back table, there's the devotionals for the, the month um, on that back table uh, typed out for you. Um, this would be a good way to start helping our minds think, think uh, um, properly kingdom-like. So that's what it is. So just wanted to remind you about that. Yep. <clears throat> How many were here last week? Awesome. I want to say, you know, I don't, I don't normally do this, but I want to say if you weren't here, you need to, to ask us to get you a copy of last week's message. Um, I think it was the most important thing that I know f- for me. It's the most important thing I've ever taught on. Um, I think it's a message for our church. And um, so see us. It's free. We'll just make you a CD copy of it, um, and we'll just give it to you. We, we really want you to hear it. And if you, if you want to, you can go to the website. You don't have to have the CD. Um, our sermons are always up there on Tuesdays. They're usually up by Tuesday on the website, so you can listen there. But it's a word for our house. How many knows what the theme has been for the last month or so for the church? Obedience, Obedience is better. And uh, we're just going to keep carrying on this theme. We're going to pause probably next Sunday and, and talk about Easter and whatnot because that's the greatest day in history, right? The greatest day in history. We sing about it, oh, happy day, the greatest day in history. And so we'll celebrate that next week. If you have friends, how many have friends that don't go to church anywhere? Wow. How come they're not sitting next to you right now? Do you know a good church that they could go to? Do you know a place where they would feel comfortable? Do you know a place where they'll hear the truth about God and that he loves them and has better things for them and doesn't doesn't want to control them but wants to bring freedom? Well, then where are they at? (laughs) So next Sunday, everyone tries to go to church on Easter. Not everyone goes, but most people try and make an attempt to go to church on Easter, right? Even people that don't go throughout the weeks, they're in the clubs and they're they're all that. But on on Easter, man, we got to go to church, right? And on Christmas, we got to go to church. So take advantage tomorrow or next Sunday. Find somebody this week and say, hey, you don't go to church somewhere, come to church with me Sunday. And we'll just pray that when they come here, they'll encounter God in a way they've never encountered him before, Right? And then, and then uh, you get to say, hey, Lord, I want someone to the Lord. And you get to celebrate and have victory in your life and be like, God, I want someone to you. I brought someone who was lost, and now they're found because I was obedient and I did what you asked me to do. How many of you have ever done that before? You've prayed for someone, or you've talked to them, and they got saved because of your testimony, because of your witness. Raise your hand. 
Is that not the most amazing experience in life, right? And the Bible says that he who wins souls is wise. So when you call people from darkness into light, when you pull them out of a pit and you bring them to freedom, the Bible says that you are a person who's wise and you're godly and you're holy. That's what it says. And so the Lord wants us to bring people and call, pull them into the kingdom. I said this a couple weeks ago, but Jesus looked out and he says, I looked over the fields of the harvest fields and they are ready for harvest right now. They're ripe. He says, the problem is we don't have enough workers to go bring them into, into, the, into the, the barn. He says, so pray that the Lord of the harvest will send forth workers and laborers that he can bring in the harvest. And right now, I want you to know that every person that you know that doesn't know God is ready to know God right now. Like, oh, dude, no way. They're not ready. Every person is ready right now to know God. All they need is for the person who's supposed to, to be obedient and speak the word of life to them and they'll come alive. Do you believe that? No. <laughs> Everyone is harvestable right now. Everyone is able to be saved right now. They're waiting for someone to speak the words of life. Where were you when you got saved? Were you in a pit? Were you on your own destination, your own destiny, on your own track of life, right? And someone came to you and spoke the word of life, and it came alive inside of you because you heard the word. How many knows that his words are spirit and they are life? So when we speak his words that are spirit and life to people who are dark, they will come alive. All the Lord's looking for is for someone to be obedient, for someone to speak the words. Romans says, how will they know unless someone tells them? How can they believe in something they've never heard? Amen? So let's, let's take advantage of the Easter season, right, and bring people into the kingdom. Amen? So how many will make a commitment say, hey, I'll invite someone, I'll ask someone, I'll tell somebody, I'll check it out, see if they're going somewhere else, right, and bring them here, we'll have a great time. And we'll have extra eggs for, for their kids, right, bring their kids, and we'll have extra eggs, and we're going to stuff them with candy, and, and who knows what else we'll put inside there, good stuff, not mean stuff, right, and we'll have two different egg hunts, and so th their kids can come and have so something, and it'll be fun for the kids, and it'll be fun for the adults, right? And it'll be a good experience. So that's enough about Easter. Um, now, I'm looking forward to the communion service because it's, it's going to be a great time. We're going to actually have real bread. We're not going to have those nasty crackers that taste like paper <laughs> when, when you put them in your mouth, right? Those little ones like we normally have. We're going to have the real bread, and we're going to do it seriously. We're going to have the Lord's communion and the Lord's supper and remember what he did for us. So, all right, everyone good? In 1 Samuel 15, 22, it's, it's our theme scripture. We've, we've read it almost every week. It says, obedience is better than sacrifice, and to yield is better than the fat of rams. Why don't you say that with me? Obedience is better than sacrifice, and to yield is better than, than the fat of rams. And it goes on and it says, for rebellion is a sin of witchcraft. Now, we, let's say that too. Rebellion is a sin of witchcraft. Now, the Lord is talking to us about being, becoming completely obedient. How many of, in the last few weeks when we've been talking about this message, when you've left here, when you've gone home throughout the week, the Lord's talked to you about areas of your life that he wants you to be obedient in. I'm raising my hand. It's not always the funnest time to, to go through the pruning process, right? Hello? Are you okay? I'm not going to be long today, so you don't have to worry about it. Right? Oh, we worship for an hour. He's going to preach for an hour. We have lunch for an hour. We're going to be home at 4 o'clock. Don't worry about that. <laughs> I'm not going to talk long, but I'm going to say what I need to say, and then I'm going to get out of the way, right? 
Obedience is, is so important to us. And the Bible says that he prunes those that he loves. He disciplines those that he loves because he wants us to bear fruit in our lives. If he didn't love us, he wouldn't discipline us. If he didn't love us, he wouldn't prune the areas that are weak or, or they're a little bit stunted in their growth or, or their, you know, little mangy arm out there, you know, looking, making us look bad. He prunes those things because he wants us to be more healthy. He wants us to be more fruitful, he wants us to be more prosperous, right? Do you know the, that serving him is for our benefit? It's not for his. I mean, what kind of benefit does he get from me saying I love you other than the relationship, which he loves that. He's all about that. Don't get me wrong. But we gain so much more than he gets from us. Right? So this whole kingdom thing, following Christ, being a follower of Christ, it's not so he can be like almighty God and he can go to the devil and say, ha ha, I've got this many people following me and you've only got that many people following you. I'm beating you today. Right? That's not what it's about for him. It's not a notch on his belt. It's not he's keeping track. You know, he, you know he's got his, his marbles up there representing good people and bad people, and he's got his piles up and stuff. He does not keep track for that. It's not for his benefit. Like, check me out. Look how cool I am, right? Check him out. Um. <laughs> you seen Sonny with a chance? Never mind. <laughs> you wouldn't admit it if you had. It's a Disney Channel show. With a check it out, girls. Check it out. Anyway. You know what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> oh, he, it's not about that for him. It's not for him to puff up his chest and say, oh, look at all the people that call me Lord and call me God. It's all so that he can give everything he has to us. He's the most generous, most giving creature in all of creation and all the universes and all the world. All of it is for, it's for our benefit to serve him. It's not for his benefit. He doesn't get anything from me obeying him. <laughs> He's, you know, he doesn't really gain anything. It's not like he gets credit in his account. He just gains relationship, and that's what he wants. He wants the relationship. Hello? He wants the relationship. That's what it's all about. It's all about intimacy with him, relationship with him. And he says, you know what? You're with me. I'm with you. Everything I have is yours. How many believe that? He said, amen. I heard that. <laughs> Nathaniel. Everything he has is ours, and all we have to do is to be obedient. It's just all about obedience. It's, it's about being obedient in little things. It's about being obedient in big things. Some of us, were like, we're doing really good because we obey him in the big things. We don't do drugs anymore. We don't go get hookers anymore. We don't do this anymore, right? We don't do the big stuff. We're not selling dope anymore. We have a real job that earns real money. And we're like, oh, dude, look at the big stuff I used to do, and I'm not doing that anymore. And he's like, good job, right? But it's not always just about being obedient in big things. It's also little things. How you talk to your wife. How you treat your kids. How you treat others when, when, you, when you don't think that they have anything to offer you. Little things that people don't even see. Do we react when they cut us off in traffic? Do we react when they do us wrong at work? Do we react? Little things. Do I stay on the channel a little bit longer than I should? The little things, little bitty things. Are we obedient in the little things? Am I, let's, in the next few months, one of our uh, themes is going to be about being healthy, and it's going to cover relationships, it's going to cover food, it's going to cover, ex, it's going to cover everything. We're going to talk about being healthy people, right? So are we obedient in little things? Do we stop eating before we're really full and we feel miserable and have to undo our belt, <laughs> you know? 
There are times it's okay to do that. Thanksgiving and Christmas, it's time to just gorge yourself on all your, your family's great cooking and all that kind of stuff. But as a lifestyle, it's pitiful lifestyle, right? Are we obedient in little bitty things? Like I said, if we're driving down the road and, and we don't have the kids in our car, so we don't have to listen to SpongeBob SquarePants or whatever it is that they're wanting to watch or, or listen to, or right? And we're in the car by ourselves, right? Like, oh, this is my time. I get to listen to the ticket today. I get to hear what old Norm's up to do, right? You know, I get to hear what Bad Radio is talking about today, right? And Lord says, no, I want you to just be quiet. I don't want you to have any noise. You have noise in your life all the time. No noise today. I want you to talk to me. Little things. Remember last week we talked about, are there things the Lord's been asking or requiring of us that we've just put off and put off and, Lord, I'll do it later, I'll do it tomorrow, I'll do it next week, I'll do it when I'm feeling better, I'll do it when my marriage is better, I'll do it when everything's perfect, then I'll, it'll be easy to do it. Amen. <laughs> the Lord requires obedience from us today. <clears throat> I want to say this, that that we live in a world of two options. You'll always have two options. Say two options. You'll always have two trees you can choose to, to pull from. The tree of life or the tree of death. Say tree of life. Tree of death. They originate from heaven or they originate from hell. There's no gray area, no in between. I don't even want to candy coat what it is. It's either all for heaven or it's all for hell. <laughs> right? There's two trees, and in every situation you go through in life, and everything you, every, every experience you encounter, you will always have options. I could do this, or I could do that. I could go here, I could go there. I could treat my wife this way, I could treat my wife that way. I could react this way, I could react that way. I could earn money this way, I could earn money that way. I could give here, I could, I could keep it to myself. <laughs> There's always options. Do you know why there are always options? In Hebrews 11, verse 6, <laughs> we're going to explain it, not through Jared's words, but through the writer of Hebrews' words. Hebrews eleven six. 6, it says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. And we know that part, but listen to the rest of it. For he who comes to God must believe that he is. I am, I am. <laughs> and then here's the other part I want. Here's the answer why there are always options, because he is the rewarder. Of those who diligently seek him. Say he's the rewarder. Now you type that in Microsoft out, out Office and it doesn't even say that's a word. But it is in the Bible. <laughs> it underlines it red as if it's not a, a proper word. But it is. He is the rewarder. There are two options. There are two trees. In every young people, old people, everyone in between. The rest of our life you will have options. You will have tree A or tree B. Door number one, door number two. Right? Why? Because the Lord wants to reward you for making the right choice. Hello? The Lord is the rewarder. And what he wants to do is he wants to see that in the midst of options, you choose the right option. You choose the right tree. You choose the right door. Because he longs to reward us. Say he's the rewarder. When we choose properly, when we choose wisely, he comes and pours blessing upon us that we can't contain. Amen? So this thing about obedience, is, is, it's the key to Christianity. Because if I can't obey, I can't be a Christian. That's just a fact. If I can't say yes, then I don't have everything that comes with saying yes. 
because he's the rewarder of those who seek him. He's the rewarder of those who choose the right option. You know, I, I've wanted it, the last few weeks, I've felt this so strong, and, and this, this message has been in my heart for over a month, for six weeks or so, and it's boiled up inside of me because it's a word for our church. There are things that were okay yesterday that aren't okay today. There are things that were all right, things that we could say before, things that we could do before, and it was fine. It was okay. The Lord's like, oh, they're learning. They're cute. It's okay, right? But then there comes a point in time where we know better. Just a fact. There comes a point in time where there's more required of us because we know the truth. The truth is supposed to make us free. It can only make us free when we choose freedom, when we choose obedience, if I don't say yes to his word, if I disregard what he has to say, I, can't, I cannot take into my spirit the nourishment that comes with it. Am I telling the truth? Faith comes by hearing. Hearing comes by the word. The way we obey is we, we hear God's voice and we recognize it and we say yes to it. And, and, and then when we say yes, we carry out the yes with actions. Amen? <clears throat> I'm just going to close it with this, and we'll just talk for a little bit. In Hebrews 4, it talks about adding faith to what we hear. Matt's talked about it a little bit. Hebrews 4, 1 through 4, it says that the word did them no good because they didn't put faith or add faith to the word that they heard. Now, I believe with all my heart, we talked about this last week. I just wanted to carry it over just a little bit. I want it to be in the front of our mind that he's requiring obedience from us in every area. That there's not one area that's weak in, a, in the area of obedience. Hello? That there's nothing that the enemy could say, I have a claim on them. Hello? <laughs> Are we okay? You guys all right? There's a place of rest that comes from obedience. And he talks about that in Hebrews 4. There's a place of rest that the Lord wants us to enter into. And that place of rest is a place of peace. And that word peace there means where things go well for you, where you're prosperous, where, where you're happy, where good things happen to you. That's a place of peace and rest. It can only come by adding faith to hearing the word of God. Right? You, I, we say this so many times, but, you know, the kingdom is pretty simple. It's a basic message, so we're going to hear it over and over and over and over again. It's a, it is a basic message. Jesus taught a very basic gospel. Right? <laughs> But I'm not required to come up with the word of God. I'm not required to, to judge the person that the word of God comes from. I'm not required to stir up the word of God. I'm required to hear the word when it comes and recognize it. And then I'm required to say yes to whatever he tells me to do. You know, I, I just want to, I, I want this to be, I want to carry on the altar time, the, the end of the service last week into right now, because I still feel like there are areas that some of us still we're struggling in. There's still areas of obedience that we still haven't stepped completely through. And the Lord's saying, come on, it's time. Don't wait till next week. Don't put it off. Remember Saul? He came to, to Samuel in 1, Corinthians, or 1 Samuel 15. He's like, oh, you're right, Samuel. I disobeyed the Lord, but I'm ready to obey him now. I'm ready to offer sacrifices to God. Please come with me. And Samuel says, no. You rejected the word of God. The Lord rejects you right now. That's a really tough thing to think about. But in today's world... We want, we want everything without cost. Hello? Listen to me. This is, this is the truth. 
we want everything for free. We don't want it to cost us anything. I'm not going to get into cultural things or political things or societal things, but in our, in our world, I want more drink for less money. I want more food for less. I want better steak for less money. And when the, the restaurants are buying food, they want more steak for less money. Right? It's just a society. We want more for less. I want everything God has to say, but I don't want it to cost me hardly anything. I'm fine with going to church. I'm fine with this or that. But when you start requiring little things from me or things that are really dear to my heart that I know aren't right, but when you start asking for those things, then I'm done. I don't, I don't really need this. And we back away from God. It's totally crept into church culture. You know, the kingdom is a great message. It's fun. It is the happiest place to be on the planet. God is in a good mood. He's wonderful. He's, he's awesome. He's, so fr- he's our friend. He's our brother. You know, he's close to us. He's nice to us. All that stuff is true, but he's still holy. We talked about it today. He's still holy. In Isaiah, he says, I saw the Lord high and exalted. His train filled the temple. And I cried. I'm a man of unclean lips. I live among unclean people. And he says that an angel took a coal from the altar and, and put it on his mouth and cleansed him and made him right. And Isaiah was the most holy person on the planet at that time. And he was saying, God, I'm not holy. I'm a sinner. And he was because he saw God. So in all this kingdom stuff that we talk about all the time, we talk about kingdom, it's easy for us to forget that God does require obedience. It's easy to get caught up in, oh, dude, this is awesome. You know, God paid the price for me on the cross, and it doesn't cost me anything. That's true. It's true. Jesus paid your price at the cross. He paid for your sins. He paid for my sins at the cross. Absolutely 100% true. He did. But the Bible says that anyone who puts their hand to the plow and looks back isn't fit for the kingdom. Or anyone who says, hey, wait a second, Lord, I got to go bury my mom and my dad, and I got to go get my affairs in order and take care of my house. Those people aren't fit for the kingdom. This This is how he called the first disciples into the kingdom. Deny yourself, pick up your cross, and follow me. Wow. Deny yourself. Pick up your cross and follow me. And we, you know, all we talk about here is kingdom. That's all we teach. Every class we do, the things we teach our children about soaking in God's presence, and our heart is a bucket, and he fills us up. That's all so true. It's 100% true. But there's another side of it that balances everything out. And I hate the word balance sometimes, but in this situation, balance is good. I have to balance my love and hate for balance. (laughs) there's a God is holy and he's merciful right he's our friend and he's our Lord at the same time he's our father but he's also our judge it's both sides he he is all of these things and I don't want to major on all the friendship stuff and 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 lead you to believe that the kingdom doesn't cost you anything because where we're going as a church it's going to cost us something I know for for Mandy and I where we want to go as a church where we want to go as a couple in pursuing God it's cost us everything I'm telling you you have, you guys have <laughs> Have, have no idea the, the things that Mandy and I are pursuing in our personal life and the things that it's costing us. Do I believe in prosperity? Absolutely, 100%. The, the road to prosperity is being obedient. 
Today I was going to talk about the benefits of obedience. We'll do that another time. But one of the benefits of obedience is prosperity. When I obey, things go well for me because I'm doing the will of the Father. How can I be in God's will and evil things keep happening to me? It's just the way it is. I'm obeying everything the Lord said, right? But at the same time, it costs us something to pursue the kingdom. It costs us something to carry his name on us. When Mandy and I got married, one of the vows, I don't remember the way we worded it, but the old school way of wording it is, is um, all my worldly goods and possessions, I thee endow, or I give them to you. They are now yours, right? It costs me something to marry Mandy, right? <laughs> and it costs her something to marry me. I'm going to love you in sickness and in health and good and bad and all that stuff, Right? It, there's a cost involved in this marriage that we are, we're married to the Lord. We're, we're his bride. We're in an intimate relationship with him. It costs him something to cause this thing to work. It costs him his only son. But it also costs us something to be in this. And that's just complete obedience to the voice of the Lord. There is nothing more important. There's nothing better. There's nothing greater in the kingdom than obedience. Nothing. For on our part, there is nothing better than just saying yes to the Lord. We can say we love him. We can sing that we love him. We can play that we love him. We can do all of that stuff. But if our, if our heart doesn't say yes in obedience, then all that stuff doesn't mean anything. You remember 1 Corinthians 13? It says, if I speak with tongues and of men and of angels, and if I surrender my body to the flames, if I give all of my possessions to the poor, but I don't have love, what does it cost? What does it count? <laughs> it means nothing. It counts for nothing. Why? Because this is what Jesus said love is. If you love me, do what I say. What, let, me, let me just end with this. Because before you and I got saved, before most of us got saved, we have a pretty young church. But the generation before us went way to the extreme on the legal side of, of Christianity, the legalism that comes with serving God, the, the holiness of God. They, they, pulled, they pulled over into you can't play cards, you can't play dominoes, you can't listen to certain kinds of music, you can't dance, you can't wear certain kinds of clothing. Most of us would have been laughed at if we came into church like this 30 or 40 years ago. Everyone would have been, all the men would have been wearing suit and ties. All the ladies would have been wearing dresses with their hairs up, hair up or a, a nice beautiful hat or something, you know. <laughs> That's just the way it was. And so it became very legalistic. Am I telling the truth? This is a real quick history of our church. You and I got saved in a time where we're like, whoa, wait a second. That is way extreme. That's not how God is. So what we did is we swung the pendulum way to this other side that says anything goes. Everyone's accepted. Everything's okay. It's okay. God doesn't care. Just keep doing what you're doing. It's all right. He loves you. He thinks you're cute and wonderful. And we've gone so far to that extreme that that thinking has even crept into here where we're in that process of swinging from legalism to freedom. We've forgotten that he is holy and that it does require obedience. Can I ask you a question? Did it cost our, something, or cost our country something to be free? Does freedom cost something? The price is just obedience. That's it. And that's the hardest thing. For some reason, that's the hardest thing to do, to do what someone tells us to do. It's, whatever it is in nature, 
you know, I, just for fun, right, I could say, everyone stand up. And some people would be like, I don't feel like standing up right now. Sit down. I don't feel like sitting down right now. You didn't feel like standing up. But yeah, but now I'm up. I don't feel like sitting down. <laughs> but you make up your mind. There's this thing. We just don't want to be told what to do. We just don't. It's in our nature to not want to do what someone tells us to do. But there is a safety that comes with obeying authority and obeying God. There is a covering that comes with obeying God and obeying authority. just does. The bosses that you have that, that maybe not, may not treat you well, they have to answer for that someday. You don't have to answer for how they treat you or how they talk to you. All you have to answer for is how you respond to how they treat you and how you respond to their authority. God's not going to get up in front of us in heaven and say, hey, I know they treated you real bad, right? Yeah, God, they did this to me, they did that to me. He's like, oh, it's okay, bud. It's okay to be rebellious now. He's not going to do that. He's going to ask, what did you do? Everyone say, I'm in control of me. It is a fruit of the Spirit. It's called self-control. It means no matter what's going on around me, it does not change my obedience to God. It does not change my ability to control myself and do the right thing. You may dishonor me, but I'm not going to dishonor you because I'm in control. You may slap me on the face, but I'm not going to slap you back. All I'm going to do is turn the other cheek because I'm in control. Right? How can we do that if we don't obey? If we don't just listen to the voice of the Lord? And then I'm going to close for the fourth time or whatever. <laughs> Elijah went up to the mountain. There was a huge wind. Huge storm come through the valley and the wind's blowing and it says, and God wasn't in the wind. Then there was a big earthquake, and the ground shook, and the mountains broke, and the rocks were falling everywhere. And it says that God wasn't in the, in the shaking or the earthquake. Then there was a great fire that came through, and it was loud, and, and the roar of the fire comes through the valley, and it says God wasn't in the fire. And then it says there was a still, small, quiet voice. And it says that was God. The Lord wants to bring us to a place as a church where we don't have to hear the thunder don't have to hear the lightning or the storm or the earthquake to obey him. But we just listen for the littlest voice of God. Just the littlest. Where I've, I, you know, God, you don't have to shout at me for, for me to obey you. You know, I, I tell Josiah that a lot of times. Josiah, why do I have to, to, to talk a little bit louder to you, raise my voice for you to listen to me? Just do it the first time. Or, Josiah, why do I have to say, hey, are you choosing punishment or are you choosing not to be punished right now before you do the right thing? <laughs> Are you choosing to get a spanking, Josiah, or are you going to obey me? How come I have to threaten you before you say yes? The Lord doesn't want to shout at us. He doesn't want to have that kind of relationship where all we do is shout at each other. When we get down and we need something from him, we shout at him. And when he needs us to do something, he shouts at us. <laughs> he wants us to just talk. He wants us to listen to that quiet, still, small voice, just the little leaning of the spirit, right? Why don't you stand and we're just going to close it out. <clears throat> uh, so a lot of, I mean, a whole month of obedience teaching can be kind of heavy, right? I want you to, to realize that, that 
I mean, we all we all know Jared. Realize that he's not trying to guilt trip anybody, right? So if you have, you know, given into disobedience this week, or or you know, you hear the sermon, you're like, man, that's good. I really need to obey. But then when time comes, you're just like, no, 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 whatever. I'm gonna do what I want to do. Don't be guilt tripped by your pastor, okay? There's something really, really accurate in what he said when he said, God is saying, come on, it's time. It is, it's time. It's time for the church, for us, for our church, uh, to begin to, to walk with him, you know, step by step by step, matching his steps with our steps, to be on the same page with him. And we can't do that if, if, you know, we're going off in every little tangent that we, you know, feel like we should go off. So he's, Jared is, is, is accurately leading this church, okay? So please, you know, follow. Fall in line with, with what God is doing. And when we do that, you'll see great reward. You will. So, so please, don't, don't be all guilt-tripped and, oh, I'm a horrible person. I haven't done very good this week. Just do better, you know? Just do better. Uh, and, I mean, that goes for all of us. I mean, I guarantee he's up here talking about obedience, but he struggled this week too, right? I mean, we all, all of us do, okay? Just do better. Um, I want, <coughs> if you feel like there, because the enemy comes in and, and he'll create He'll attack individuals, okay? So if he sees, like, Vera's doing really well, she's doing really strong, he'll say, well, I'm just going to leave her alone, right? But I see, you know, Vanessa, I'll use you as an example. I know you don't care. But Vanessa's real weak right now. He's going to go attack her, and he's going to pull her, you know, try to pull her into disobedience. He de- you know what I mean? Sometimes he'll mess with the strong, but most of the time he goes after the people who, are, who aren't doing so well in the Lord, who maybe their walk isn't so strong. And so this morning, I want to call you forward if you feel like, and, and I know there's a number of you, so, so don't feel like just because you're the first one to step out, you'll be the only one. There's a number of people. If you feel like, my walk is kind of weak right now. My walk is kind of weak. My time with the Lord is kind of dwindling. My time in the Word is kind of struggling. Please come forward because we want to pray with you. And we want to we set up that hedge of protection that God will protect you that you will have an easier time obeying him, okay? Because there's temptation that will come in and mess you up, and you're trying to do your best. You're trying to be obedient to the Lord, but you know what? You've got a bigger enemy than you know about. So I, I want to do that right now. If you feel like my walk is struggling and I'm susceptible to disobedience, please come forward, and we want to pray. Team members, come on up. Servant leaders. And if you feel like right now, you know what, I'm doing good. I'm, I really am doing good. I don't want to take away a prayer warrior that could be praying for somebody else. My walk is strong right now. I want you to pray where you're at. Reach out your hand. Pray for all these folks. We're a team. Let's, let's you know, operate as one. Okay? As one. All right. Let's just go ahead and pray. This is where I see.
Real quick, before we dismiss, I want to say, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, please come see me, the guy with the red beard. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, and you don't have a relationship with him, come see me, and, and let's talk. Okay, we love you guys. Lord, I just pray that you would, pray that you would bless all of these people as they go into their lives. Uh, help them, Lord, to live with you, to walk with you, and to enjoy your presence every single moment of every day. Lord, bless them, keep them safe, and we'll see them next week. In Jesus' name, amen. Goodbye, everybody. We love you all.